At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you found prime time action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network Wednesday edition of Primetime Action here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. With me on the desk, we have Wes Reynolds, the walking encyclopedia of sports over here. Uh, we're going to have Scott Seidenberg in studio with us. We'll talk a little bit of baseball. We'll talk some NBA as well with him. We'll also continue the NBA talk with John Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. And we'll talk some hockey with Jake Hahn as well. But first, let's go ahead and get to these first pitches that are coming to you here momentarily. Um, you got the Cubs and the Orioles. That is Stroman versus Lyles. The Cubs are minus 130 favorites. The Orioles are plus 110. Rain delay, by the way, there. Mm. So that is going to be 435 as of right now. Uh, Rangers and the Guardians. I think this one might have to be delayed as well. Mm-hmm. Starting a little bit later. Uh, Dane Dunning and Shane Bieber in that one. Uh, Bieber and the Guardians, minus 165 favorites there. Diamondbacks and the Reds. Merrill Kelly versus Mike Miner. This is 110 on both sides. Total of nine and a half. And so yet another rain, rain delay. delay. Yep. <laughs> so those are all being, those are all delayed, should be coming at you here at some point this evening. Uh, Cardinals and the Rays in about 10 minutes. This is Packy Naughton for the Cardinals. Corey Kluber for the Rays. The uh, Rays are minus 140 home favorites, plus 120 on Naughton and the Cardinals as road underdogs. A flat eight is your total there. A's in the Braves. We got Jared Koenig and we got Ian Anderson. Anderson and the Braves are minus 255 home favorites in this one. Plus 205 if you want the A's on the road as underdogs. A flat nine, your total there. Yankees and the Twins. This is Nestor Cortez versus Chris Archer. Nestor Cortez is a minus 190 road favorite over Chris Archer and the Twins. You can get them plus 160 at home as underdogs, a flat nine, your total there. Dodgers and the White Sox. Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers, Johnny Cueto for the White Sox. Gonsolin and the Dodgers are minus 180 road favorites, plus 155 on Cueto and the White Sox. As uh, home underdogs, eight and a half, your total. Phillies and Brewers, Aaron Nola versus Adrian Hauser. Nola and the Phillies are minus 125 road favorites, plus 105 on the Brewers and Hauser at home as underdogs, a flat eight, your total there. Red Sox and Angels, Nate Eovaldi versus Reed Detmers. Eovaldi and the Red Sox are minus 165 road favorites over the Angels and Detmers. No Mike Trout in the lineup tonight. For the Angels, though, it does look like he's going to avoid the IL, they said, but he is going to take the night off. Eight and a half, 
your total there. Mets and the Padres. This is Chris Bassett and Sean Manaya. Uh, Manai and the Padres are minus 140 home favorites over the Mets and Bassett. They are plus 120 road underdogs. No Pete Alonzo in this one for the Mets. Got hit in the hand yesterday, so he's sitting this one out. Flat seven is your total. And then Rockies and the Giants. Antonio Sensatella for the Rockies. Alex Wood for the Giants. Minus 240 for Wood and the Giants as home favorites. Plus 195 on the Rockies and Sensatella. As road underdogs, eight and a half, your total. Brandon Crawford going to uh, get out there and do some pregame activities to see if he's able to go for the Giants tonight as well. Wes, you have anything in Major League Baseball? Yeah, there are a couple early ones that uh, went off at uh, 640 Eastern, 340 Pacific, uh, Washington and Miami, bottom of the first no score. Alcantara against Josiah Gray, uh, and uh, about minus $2 in that range Miami was favored. I did play one early one. I have Seattle that I took at plus 130. They allowed a run in the first, so they're down one nothing here in the top of the second. That is Logan Gilbert against Jose Urquidy. So those were the two early first pitches that we had. So the two baseballs I have, I have Mariners plus 130, also did lay it with the Phillies. I'm going to keep riding the Phillies. Uh, they actually uh, mm-hmm. got a, a rare blown save in their favor last night from Josh Hader, who had not allowed a run all year long and then gives up two bombs in the top of the ninth. So the Phillies got it going at least, and maybe this is at least a short-term momentum change. Joe Girardi out, Rob Thompson in. So the Phillies swept the Angels, and now they've already won in uh, Milwaukee. I'm going to keep riding them until they lose, and I think Aaron Nola has some positive regression going their way, and I know we're going to get to the basketball momentarily, but basically went first half and full game money line on the Celtics. Also took Clay Thompson on his under props, and we'll get to the explanations why later in the program. Sitting right now, three and a half in favor of Boston. Do shop around because while it is three and a half everywhere, not the ju- juice is not the same at all the places out there. So uh, depending on which side you want, be sure and do a little bit of shopping. Two thirteen and a half is the total as we sit here on this one. Um, no play for me in the basketball game. I did. Um, I do still have them in the series. I do. If I was going to lean one way or the other tonight, Kelly, I believe that I would lay the points with the Celtics. I do think that there was, you know, a really just a one thing after another, after another, after another that led to their, their blowout loss in this, uh, in game two, I think, uh, can't really play can't really play worse, and I honestly still believe that they're the better team here. I don't know if you have any plays or if you're just going to ride out that series as well. No, I'm uh, I'm on the Celtics tonight. It, okay. It's kind of funny seeing those tickets and money splits because those are, Wes, I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, everybody who I know who I respect that talks NBA is on the Celtics tonight, which, you know, makes me a little worried. Right. But uh, I'm attacking it the same way. You are full game, laid three when that opened. Um, and then I laid one and a half uh, points on the first half line. I don't play a lot of first half plays. I usually like to, to like to allow my handicap to develop throughout the entirety of the game. I, I think like a lot of times you're shortening yourself when you're betting these first halves. But I, Matt, kind of like you said, do I think Golden State's going to continue to dominate every single third quarter? No, probably not. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to avoid it if I can. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it if it's out there, yeah, the Celtics have certainly been been better early. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's certainly been better. Well, early. and one of the things too, Cal and I share your concern when there's a lot of people lined up on the same side seemingly. But if you look, one of the things we've been hearing in terms of Golden State is because 
getting three and a half points. That's the biggest underdog that the Warriors have ever been in the Steve Kerr era in the finals game. So it does seem like a little bit, I don't, I don't know if I can really say this, but public dogish, I guess yeah. uh, you would think, at least just by the looks of it, just looking at some of the betting splits and whatnot. And then there does seem to be a little bit of a quote unquote, and I hate these terms because they get overused, but sharp versus square divide. And I know JVT wrote a piece on that at visa.com. He's going to join us later in the program and kind of tell us what he's been observing. And I know uh, he's leaning toward the Boston side and he will explain why later on in the show. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is when it comes to visa at least. We got Scott coming on soon. I know he's on the Celtics. JVT's on the Celtics. Oh, Drew, Drew Dinsick's on the Celtics. Oh, Aaron Renning's on the Celtics. It is everybody and their mother around here, Matt. So, yeah, you might want to stay away and just oh, sit back there with that brother. series. This press. might be a wait for an in-game opportunity. Now that I, but we're, now we're all pot committed anyway. Oh, so, yeah. if we go down, we go down together. Look at that. I, I really was. I was I was leaning pretty heavily towards the, the Celtics and then uh, Kelly, if I think I w- if I would have been on top of it earlier like you did, and, and that hook would have not been on there, I probably would have at least made a small play. But w- once the once the three and a half hit, I just kind of backed off a little bit. But boy, hearing this, I'm I'm I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> right. What we've got going on? Right, I know. Is it like is this going to be the one time that all the whole community gets <laughs> it right? Because it does seem like. You know, because we get that all the time in the NFL. You Mm. get that, like, quasi-sharp side in the NFL, and then everybody gets on it, and you're like, oh, God, no, (laughs) we don't want that. Not that everybody individually is not a good handicapper, but it's like, you know, when you go on, like, point spread weekly and everybody's got, like, the same exact side, and sometimes I'm a part of that, I'm like, oh, no, how is this going to go wrong? That's just just being a better, you know? That's just being cynical, and uh, I think – sports betters by nature, at least ones that have been doing this for a long time and are not new to the market, where the new guys to the market think they're going to win every single bet. They have that that night naivete, I guess, if you will, where they don't know how this goes. They haven't seen the pain, but the guys that are the veteran betters are like, okay, how can I lose this bet? Right. That's the first thing you're thinking. You're not being optimistic. Right. Like, I used to have this conversation with uh, Danielle Alvari uh, here at VEASAN because she was new to betting. She was like, I think I'm, she thinks she'd go win every time. And you, I'm like, I wish I had your optimism. I'm like, you don't have the scar tissue. You're not an old bitter cynic like yeah. me. And Sometimes maybe that's you need a good it. thing. Sometimes you need that scar tissue. But the uh, the other one I thought was interesting with this game, with we, we talked a little bit about this last night on the show, but the, the pre-game betting a third quarter spread has never really made any sense to me. I, I've seen I've seen ESPN talking about this t- today. Over at Caesar Sportsbook, 99% of the money on Golden State Warriors pregame for the third quarter spread. I've never seen anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, they're the favorite in the third quarter, by the way. Even though they're the underdog in the first half and for the full game, <laughs> you look at the, at the third quarter, they are laying a half pretty much across the board. We just see into the future, know exactly like this, no injuries. It's like no it's whatever, a yeah, yeah, It's like going to happen. They're going to be perfectly healthy heading into the third quarter, so let's just go ahead and make like, that bet we're not cons- We're not considering if, you know, God forbid, Steph Curry like tears his <laughs> right. ACL or something or, you know, whatever. There's two starters that go down or guys have foul trouble and there's like three starters with four fouls in the first half that's amazing well looking here at some of the news that was reported today um, Bryson DeChambeau Ricky Fowler and Patrick Reed are all expected to join the live golf series according to Sky Sports and you know Wes I think when I look at this and Mm -hmm. if if you kind of look I mean look Patrick Reed's best days behind him Bryson DeChambeau we don't know if he's ever going to be the same after this injury that that he's coming back from and I think Ricky Fowler is probably more along the lines of, hey, look, 
I'm not going to win maybe ever again. <laughs> so, right. so I'm going to take this That's, guaranteed money and move on. It's the interesting thing because nobody right now is really going at their peak. Like yeah. I'm not necessarily giving up on Dustin Johnson, but even Dustin Johnson, the top ranked player in the OWGR that is committed to live golf. Has- at bed three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. hasn't won in a year and a half. He hasn't won since the uh, 2021 event that they had over at the Saudi International, which was co-sanctioned by the DP World Tour. So nobody really is going at their peak. There are no Schefflers. There are no Roms. There are no Justin Thomases, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, you know, the names, they keep coming out and they all just kind of make sense to me. It's like, I think Ricky Fowler looks at it. Mm -hmm. Look, all his buddies are all way better than he is. And mm-hmm. he knows it. And, like, he hangs out with him, plays with him all the time. I think he realizes, hey, I should just take this guaranteed money because my, my win equity is pretty low at this point right. in my career. I completely understand it. We'll take a look at these adjusted series lines as well as primetime action here on a Wednesday. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is primetime action here on VSIN. We were talking about some of the guys that have announced that they are going to go play over on the Live Tour. We have some other news coming through today, which is Cleveland Browns have excused Baker Mayfield from attending the team's mandatory mini camp this week. The team said that Wednesday was a mutual decision and best. For both parties. Were there any other law or uh, civil suits brought forward today? <laughs> I, I'm a little bit behind on my news this afternoon. Yeah, I know. This is this is like one of those things where I thought they probably would try to talk him into being out there because mm-hmm. of not knowing what the situation is. Like, we need going somebody to, to get reps for this yeah, team. Yeah, because I can I can't imagine with the stuff that's going on right now with all of this that that there's going to be you know, a Deshaun Watson on the field in week one, mm-hmm. probably not week two, week three, week four, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I mean thinking at least a, a month suspension, if not longer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You would certainly think so. And, and that's why I think we had this conversation mm-hmm. a few weeks ago where it's like, even though the schedule is kind of more manageable on the surface for Cleveland early on, you might want to wait on these guys mm-hmm. if you want to get involved because we know that the talent is there on that team. But obviously, the quarterback position, if uh, you don't have Baker Mayfield right and ready to go and you know committing and saying, okay, I'm going to make the best of this situation. This is my last mm-hmm. year here, but I'm going to have to come on in relief perhaps for Deshaun Watson at least for several games. The Denver Broncos have entered into a sale agreement with the Walton Pinner family. Yes, those Waltons of the Walmart uh, variety. Sides announced on Tuesday the agreement is for 
billion dollars. It would be a record price paid for a North American sports franchise. So nearly five billion West. So if that's what are mm-hmm. the what are the Cowboys worth then? Are the Cowboys worth twelve? Right. right. You knew I mean, that you knew that this was gonna rise a little bit. The value mm-hmm. of these teams with the television deals mm-hmm. and now the international television deals are making them worth a little bit more. I believe I read somewhere where I think the Waltons uh they control almost all the major Colorado teams now because, of course, <laughs> Mr. Kroenke yeah. owns the uh, Nuggets and the Avalanche. Uh, so, yeah, they're controlling about all the teams here. So, yeah, f- almost over $4.5 billion for the uh, Walton Penner family. Uh, that's amazing. Apparently, most of the Bolin children wanted to carry the or keep the team, but they didn't have the majority vote in this situation. Yeah, and, and I'm glad to just see this get – to a resolution because this is one of those things where, you know, look, I think that that team has set up pretty good from a talent wise standpoint, but you know, if you don't have a front office, if you don't have an owner and you don't have a front mm-hmm. office, you don't have to figure, uh, you know, how are you going to be able to, so you to would really think compete? too that Peyton Manning, I, mm-hmm. I believe I read that all four ownership groups like reached out to him. So they want Peyton Manning as at least a part of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes him like the principal officer where right. it's like, obviously he doesn't have, the money in, mm-hmm. in the thing, but maybe they use him as kind of the face of the franchise. Maybe he wants to, they represent the owner's meetings. I don't know how that structure is going to work, but Peyton Manning somehow is going to be involved in this. Yeah, you have Kroenke owns the Nuggets, Avalanche, Colorado Rapids, and in Colorado Mammoth. Mammoth. Yeah, I forgot they didn't own the Rockies. What is the Mammoth? Is that, is that I, like I the, guess, uh... it, I, is it lacrosse? I don't know, but I saw it on the Twitter. I was like, Colorado <laughs> Mammoth. All right. Well, we'll look that up on break. Uh, Drew Brees, officially done at NBC Sports after one year. Uh, they went ahead and confirmed that. Um, there listen, have been some rumors of who's going to take that spot, though. Is, oh, yeah? That would be Jason Garrett is a ah. name that has been uh, bandied around. And, look, I haven't been knee-deep in mm-hmm. the USFL this year, but from what I've seen, he's been doing some of the booth analysis, I think, with Jack Collinsworth and, and a couple other folks. Jason Garrett actually hadn't been too bad in the booth, so uh, maybe he gets that role, or at least uh, I think that was what uh, Marshawn, Andrew mm-hmm. Marshawn of the New York Post and a couple of the other media writers were reporting. But, uh, yeah, he sounded good. Initial reviews, absolutely. There is there is no VEASAN tradition, Matt, like the tradition of Wes throwing out a guess at something that he's absolutely right about. Like, you know, he knows he knew the mammoth were the, were the lacrosse team. Of course. Of course I go to Google it, and it is the National Lacrosse League team in Denver. What you don't know is I'm actually Googling it right now to confirm that, to be <laughs> honest with you, because I was like, okay, I just put something out there, and now i got to confirm it, because I'm not one of those guys that just let it go if I mess up, because it's like, we've had this conversation before, Kelly. It's like, okay, you messed it up. Up, let it go, but you're <laughs> anal retentive, so you've got to <laughs> clear it up and clean it up for everybody. Cooper Cup and the Rams have made, air quote, significant progress on a multi-year contract extension for him. So I think what we figured out here, guys, with this, if, if they did the Aaron Donald deal and then now they're making significant progress with Cooper Cup, the, the salary cap is a myth. Mm-hmm. The salary cap doesn't really actually truly exist. For real, right? Like, like what? I mean, what? because <laughs> they have an entire team full of like super highly paid players. Like, the, the cap is oh, yeah. not a thing. What, what are they paying in the luxury taxes here? Is that, <laughs> like, what the heck? I mean, it's, it says that the deal could be finalized as soon as tonight, according to uh, Ian Rappaport. Said it's a three year extension worth more than $20 million per year. Yeah, it seems like all of their salary is tied up in about six or seven guys. <laughs> Stafford, uh, I know Whitworth came off the books because he retired, mm-hmm. but Cup, uh, 
you know, you didn't get Allen Robinson from Chicago for chicken feed. Yeah. You have Aaron Donald. You have Ramsey. They brought in Bobby Wagner. Now, I think maybe they're trying to build something where it's like, okay, some of these guys will come in for discounts mm. because they want a ring and they want to be a ring chaser at the end of their career. So maybe that's what Les Snead and company are doing. And uh, so far, they've got one Lombardi to show for it. We do have game three tonight. Right now, it is three and a half in favor of the Boston Celtics. A 213 and a half total is pretty much industry wide. There are a couple of flat 213s out there. So if you're looking to play the over, be sure and do a little shopping on that. The series price has basically become a coin flip at this point. Slightly, slightly favored in uh, for the Celtics at minus 115, Warriors minus 105 for the series winner. Total games in the series, five is plus 310, six plus 135, seven is also plus 135. Wes, when you take a look at these right here, I mean, I, I think that the series being a coin flip, though I am still a believer in the Celtics, mm -hmm. I think that I think the pricing is appropriate. No, I, I do as well. Mm -hmm. And and look, uh, we had to realize too that the Warriors are still the Warriors. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the Tampa Bay Lightning right now in the Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL, and we'll talk about that later in the program. There's too much pride there, you know, for them not to at least punch back. You know, they're not going to lose the first game and then all of a sudden, you know, just go away. I think the Warriors were still the Warriors. They showed it. They made good adjustments uh, in terms of certain guys playing in certain minutes. Uh, we somehow found Andre Iguodala mysteriously back on that injury report on Sunday. And I think that was just like Steve Kerr saying, okay, man, I want to ride with you, but I can't play you in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. So Gary Payton, the second coming back, I think was big. And then you saw with Jordan Poole, and we talked about how horrible his defense was in game one. When shots go in, I know that this is not new news for anybody that mm -hmm. watches basketball at any level. When shots go in, all of a sudden you're willing to play defense on the other end, and I think you saw that with Golden State on Sunday. I, I think regardless of his of his defense, I'm seeing starters out, by the way, for the Celtics, normal starting five for the Celtics. It will be Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford, and Williams. Haven't seen anything on the Golden State side yet. I, I think I know that's been a big issue, Wes, but I think if you look at the I think if you look at the lack of production from Clay Thompson Clay Thompson, like you gotta I think you have to be able to will, willing to sacrifice a little bit on the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball for mm -hmm. Jordan Poole scoring, or else I think it, oh, it might not game to game that might not always come into play. But I think over the long run, you you need that uh, you know secondary score that you can rely on. And, and right now, you're not getting it from Clay and, and Wiggins is doing. He's doing so much on the defensive end. It's hard, really hard, to ask him to be, you know, be pro super productive on the offensive side as well. Even though he's taking a lot of shots, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors manage those minutes with with, with Jordan Poole over these next couple of games. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see those go way up. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're if you're trying to find a you know, silver lining on the Boston side of things. I mean, getting blown out the way that they did, it did it did restrict the minutes of, of a lot mm -hmm. of their guys. So, I mean, a lot of their guys didn't have to play a ton. So they're, you know, again, coming out, out of a hard-fought seven-game series, yeah. even though there was a couple of rest days in between before this series gets started. You did at least only have to play, you know, you only had to play Jalen Brown 28 minutes, Tatum only played 34, Horford 28, 25 for Smart. So you were able to get these guys kind of off the – court in time to make sure that they're super fresh for tonight. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and one thing you did kind of see, because the one prop, and we showed at the top of the program that I played, I played the PRA points, rebounds, and assists for Clay Thompson under 25 and a half. And, you know, I know Steve Kerr is really trying to get him going, because if you call in garbage time on Sunday, Clay Thompson was getting a lot of the minutes, and that's where he was getting a couple baskets because he shot woefully from the field. But I wonder how committed he is going to stay to Clay if he continues to struggle and says, okay, I got to go with GP2 mm-hmm. and I got to go with Jordan Poole. I can't go with Clay Thompson here. So that's why I'm on the under for that prop this evening. Yeah, just bringing it back real quick to these series prices and props. I, I, I'm on ser- series stuff before before the series, but I, if, if I had nothing in pocket, Matt, I would be taking the Celtics at this price. At minus 115, you split on the road, heading back to Boston right now. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of – I think there's a lot of concerns for both teams, but I still think I still take away more positives for the Boston side of things coming back home. So I think minus 115, if you're not invested yet in this series, I think that price is perfectly fine to lay. Yeah, I think it's super fair. And like I said, I I, I still think it's the Celtics uh, series to lose here, but they're going to they're gonna get some positive regression from some of these guys. I mean, they were just, you know, typically aren't going to get three guys play their worst game humanly possible. Scott Seidenberg, join us in studio here on the other side. It is primetime action here on a Wednesday. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday leadoff challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com slash Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for Details. It did not take long for the rumor to become truth. Cooper Cup, three years, $78.5 million extension, which means he will make $110 million over the next five years. And Joining us right here, Wes yeah. uh, Scott Seidenberg. I'm sure he will have some some thoughts on this as well. He's right here <laughs> on the look ahead on VEASAN. You can find him on Twitter at Scott's on air. But, uh, I mean, well-deserved for Cooper Cup. And another extension for the Rams, uh, by the way, busy offseason for Les Snead and company. Four years, 160 for Matt Stafford. Uh, Donald, three years, 95 million. Allen Robinson, three years, 46 and a half million. And now Cooper Cup. He is going to make now, it's an extension, but it's five years, 110 million. So, uh, Salary cap, uh, uh, very creative uh, housekeeping or accounting there yeah, in Los the, Angeles. The real celebrity in the Los Angeles front office is Tony Pastores. He is in charge of all contract negotiations. He's basically their capologist. He has been so creative with what they have done, deferring money, mm. paying up front, pushing people back. If you look at everyone that they've signed, the fact that they're not in salary cap hell, yeah. that guy deserves every raise you can give him in the books. Tony Pastores, remember that name. And you've got these guys, and now you've got a team too, a bunch of guys that are happy because all we hear mm-hmm. about is all these NFL guys. None of these guys want to participate <laughs> well, in OTAs. Well, well, none of these guys the want to do after anything. The Super Bowl, it was like yeah. Sean McVay was going to retire and yeah. all of a sudden go do Monday Night Football, and the band was going to break apart. And they, you know, Aaron Donald was thinking about retiring. And then, funny, uh, winning's always a great deodorant and brings you back together. <laughs> it's like, hey, fellas, we're in the NFC. We can do this again. Yeah. There's not a lot of depth at the top of the conference. Yeah, you got a lot of, and you got these guys that are happy. Like I'm saying, I'm just just reading this thing come through. Minka Fitzpatrick isn't doing any of the drills for the Steelers because he wants a new deal, and so he's not going to go out there and do dr- drills until he gets a new deal. And it's it's not that way over there for the Rams. So good on them. Good on Cooper Cup. He certainly 
deserves it. Scott, we got some first pitches that are coming here. Uh, I know you're already, you walked in, said you were already on one that is uh, looking more favorable for you, I think, as you walked in the studio. But uh, what, what are you looking at for here for the rest of the evening? For the rest of the evening, uh, I believe the Yankees should be getting underway mm. shortly. Nestor Cortez, nasty Nestor on the hill. Been playing a ton of first five innings bets with Nestor Cortez this season. The dude is just, uh, what a revelation and what a story, mm. right? A guy who, uh, you know, was there, left, had to go bounce around a little bit, get, comes back to the Yankees, and then has really found something. They brought him out of the bullpen last year, made him a starter, and now this year he is one of the Cy Young favorites. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's funny. I had this conversation last night with somebody, and and it's insane to think that this is a conversation. But with needing one game to win, do you throw Nestor Cortez or Garrett Cole <laughs> on the mound <laughs> for the Yankees? It's insane that that is actually a legit conversation you could have with how good that Nestor Cortez has been this year for the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, a 30% K rate for him to – with just a 6.1% walk rate, which again, is like with what he does on the Hill as well to have <laughs> such a low, yeah, uh, to, to do that, striking out guys the way he is, and not he walking doesn't guys. doesn't throw particularly hard, mm-hmm. which is what's so amazing is that he utilizes his off speed properly. He drops arm angles. So sometimes he'll come at you three quarters. Sometimes he'll come at you sidearm. He's just a very creative pitcher. It's almost like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Greg Maddox, right, 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 right. but it's Maddox. Mm-hmm. in the way that he's not overpowering you with your fastball, he's pitching. Well, and when Severino and Tyon are your number three and number four starters and their ERAs are under three, mm-hmm. Yankees have got it going. The fact that Jordan Montgomery, whose ERA is barely over three, is their fifth starter. They have five guys yeah. in the top 15 of Major League. Their five starters are top five in Major League Baseball qualifying ERA. They had uh, they were showing some highlights of, of – some of this stuff from Cortez all year. So he has thrown a pitch as in as short as 0.9 seconds and then as long as mm-hmm. 4.7 seconds where he sat there and balanced on one leg yep. for three <laughs> seconds before he actually finally went and completed the pitch or whatever. Listen, I'm all for gamesmanship and things like that. He's, I think it's fun. And, and look, with a guy that doesn't throw 97 miles per hour, you have to get creative, mm-hmm. and he absolutely has. Uh, another game that I'm on starts a little later on is going to be the San Francisco Giants in a big bounce-back spot after the loss last night. They got the right guy on the hill in Alex Wood, who, if you look at his advanced numbers, we're talking about the X-50, the ex- mm-hmm. expected ERA, all better than what his surface numbers will tell you. So he's a guy that's probably due for a little bit of good luck here. Yeah, he's had some horrible luck. He's if you pitching look at the, better than what his numbers the, tell Like you. One thing I do look at is the batting average balls in play, or mm-hmm. BABIP, whatever you want to call it. Bab-ip. Whatever you want to turn it. BABIP. Uh, <laughs> 353 for Alex Wood this year, and it seems like, uh, remember that start he made against the Mets a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Just just a bad just a bad fade. He pitched much better than his results. So you look at Wood in that regard. Senzatella pretty high batting average balls in play, but that's where you got to determine it's like, okay, is it bad luck? Or is it bad pitching? Maybe for sure. Sanzatella, it's the other. Yeah, exactly. Look at the barrel rate. You got a guy like Sanzatella who's getting more hard contact. That tells you it's bad pitching as opposed to bad luck. And one that I loved, and I bet it last night. And so we can shine up my CLV trophy in case this thing loses. <laughs> but the San Diego Padres, I bet it last night at 125. When I posted it up on vcin.com, it was at minus 130. It's at minus 140 right now and climbing. Why? Because the lineup has officially been announced, and we know that the Mets will be without both. Pete Alonso and Starling Marte. This is one where it, it 
you have it, – it's it was so easy to understand that both of these guys were not going to be in the lineup today after they both left the game last night, Marte with the quad injury, and Alonzo after getting hit in the pitch and being sent for x-rays to determine yeah. if he had a fracture in his hand or not. And then listening to the post-game press conference and Buck Showalter when asked the question, um, is it just going to be a couple of days, right? And he says – you're more optimistic than I am, yeah. but we'll see. So he, no, and, and that's the manager. And usually when they don't tell you what's going on with these injuries, that means it could be a little bit further. Now the results of the imaging came back today on Alonzo. There is no fracture, and they're hoping that once the swelling goes down, they'll do a couple more tests and see if he can come back sooner rather than later. But last night, you knew that both of these guys were not going to be in the lineup. So why not jump mm-hmm. on the San Diego Padres, who already have an elite pitcher on the mound in Sean Manaya? I know Chris Bassett's been great, but you have a pitching edge with Manaya. You have the team at home, who's one of the top teams in the National League in the Padres. Yes, I know the Mets have mm-hmm. the best record in the NL, but without two of their best offensive players and Marte and Alonzo, I mean, a blind man could have seen this last night. And yeah. if it doesn't win, it doesn't win, and I'll take my CLV trophy and I'll put it shiny on my desk. But you but, talk about with CLV in baseball. That's like me with shot quality in basketball. It's like, <laughs> if you graded all my wagers via shot quality, I, I'd have a new home out in Summerlin right now. Yeah, but I mean, you make a great point, Scott, and that's something I think that some of maybe people who don't bet baseball all that often, like, you know, you get a guy like Pete Alonso who doesn't want to come out of games, mm-hmm. you know he's a hoss. He gets hit, hits the ground, yeah. and is screaming in pain, and then has to leave the game and whatnot. Like you, you can start to kind of read the writing on the wall mm-hmm. for stuff like that, and that is a, a perfect opportunity, like you're talking about, to to take that information and use that. At, at we always talk about what's actionable information because so much bull crap, you know, there are like all these <laughs> stats out there of of you know people just want to throw trends and stuff up against the wall. But like that is truly actionable information, yeah, and, and and also like. I, I, People don't pay attention to press conferences enough. The mm-hmm. managers or coaches in football, they will tell you things. You, like, there's no way you watched Buck Showalter after that game last night or whenever you watched it or read the transcript and had any hope that Pete Alonzo or Marte were mm-hmm. going to be in this lineup today. So as soon as it opened up, 125 on the Padres, mm-hmm. jumped on it last night, told all my listeners on the look at I said, this line is going to go north tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's still rising right now yeah it certainly has let's talk about just this this Mets team though overall in general so you look at them they're 30 28 the Braves have been super underperforming the Phillies of course we know completely underperforming the Mets are getting this done without their top three pitchers <laughs> right now is this sustainable in your opinion I thought not because, and it's funny, a couple of weeks ago, there was a great article written in Yahoo about the Mets and their advanced numbers mm-hmm. and how they are doing this with soft contact. Traditionally, a batted ball in play that's under 95 miles mm-hmm. per hour is not going to go for a high batting average. You're not going to get many hits if you're hitting the ball that soft. The Mets this year were one of the bottom-tier teams in exit velo on average, and they led the league in infield singles, 19 more at this point of the article, what it was, than the second highest team. And so the thought process was, at some point, the weak hitting is going to catch up to this team. That they're not going to be able to sustain these offensive numbers without having better yeah. offensive production from, you know, from, the, from the batted balls that are in play. 
But what have they done? They just defy logic, and they just keep winning games. And you mentioned it, without their three starting pitchers, McGill should be back this week, mm-hmm. so that's good news for them. DeGrom, who knows? Scherzer, who knows? And I guess you're just trying to stay afloat. The good news is they've built themselves enough of a cushion that they can afford to go on a little bit of a dip here. Plus 340 over at DraftKings for the Mets to win the NL. If we look at the division number on them, they have moved to minus 330 to win the NL East. And with the way that the Braves and the Phillies have been playing, I think that that number is probably pretty fair (laughs) at this juncture, especially when you consider that there are reinforcements coming as well. We'll talk some NBA on the other side. Primetime action here on Wednesday. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN Summer Special is here for only $39. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily. MLB best bets. John Von Tobel have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil through the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream, whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July the 31st. Sign up now over at VEASAN.com slash summer. Scott Seidenberg in studio with us here. He has decided to grace us with his presence for yet yes. another segment. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Can't as you uh, yes, as you come in, we're going to talk some. Uh, we're going to talk some NBA here, though. Let's talk about this because we were talking about this before you got in. Everybody's on the same thing tonight. Can this? Can, this has to be horrible, right? <laughs> Everybody's on the Celtics. There's nobody, well, nobody who's on the Warriors. Let's clarify this. Everybody that we know <laughs> is on the Celtics, <laughs> but yeah, because we, the betting splits yeah. will show you that the public is all on the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. and this is a situation that I love when the people that I believe are smart are on one side and the public is on the opposite. So. Biggest underdog <laughs> in the history of the Kerr era in the finals, Golden State three and a half. It's like too good to be true. So you recognize the handle, the betting mm-hmm. splits, as you mentioned, total uh, ticket count, money count, however you want to describe it on Golden State. So uh, maybe this is a good thing yeah. uh, that that at least we're all in it together. And we know how good the Celtics are after a loss. First of all, they've only lost one time. They've only lost back-to-back games once in the last six months. 
Let's just acknowledge that. They're, they're what, 13-1 and one against uh, straight up uh, or after a loss since January 23rd, I think it is, mm-hmm. and 12 12- one against the spread in those in those games and in these playoffs six and0 straight up and against the spread after a loss five and one in the first quarter as well so if you think they're going to get out to a fast start they are making you pay a premium though first quarter is minus one and a half and the game is three and a half I just have a real problem here because I've been on the Celtics from the start of the series I have a real problem with the series price this is to me the biggest just I, I don't know if you want to call it a joke or inaccuracy that you can have out there. Help me make sense of this, guys. The Celtics are have home court advantage, right? Mm-hmm. There's three of the next five games are in Boston. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite here in game number three. Likely similar three-and-a-half-point favorites in game four and game six. So that's ten-and-a-half points better than the Golden State Warriors. Golden State was a three-and-a-half-point favorite in game number one. In game two, the spread went up, but I thought I think that had to do with the situation, right? They lose game one. It's kind of a desperation spot at home. You don't want to go down 0-2, public buying in, the whole zigzag. So the spread goes up to four and a half. Let's be aggressive, and let's give the Warriors a four-point line at home in game number five and game number seven. That's still a two-and-a-half-point difference between both of these teams, and yet that line is only minus 115 for the series. It should at least be minus 125, minus 130 probably for the Celtics to win this series. If you're just going off the numbers for each game spread, 115 is a gift. And if you find a square book out there, and there are some, that have the Warriors lined up as minus 115 and the Celtics at either plus 105 or minus 105, thank them right now and go better. All right, so Wes, let's let's play devil's advocate here because we're not going to sit here and just pounce on one side over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And let's let's let people out there who are at least leaning towards the Warriors a little bit on uh, on this. What went wrong for the Celtics tonight if this does in fact go the Warriors' direction? Is it just a repeat of what we saw in Game Two? Yeah, I, I think. Look, uh, what's going right, I guess, for the Warriors, if you want to say in Game Two, is the fact that I think Steve Kerr finally figured out. Okay, here's who I can play in certain situations. Like we've talked about how mm-hmm. Iggy happened to be on the injury report uh, in Game Two. He realized, I think, after that first game, I can't play him late. I got to pick my poison a little bit with Jordan Poole if he's making shots. He's at least more engaged defensively. Not necessarily that he's great. He's never going to be great defensively. But having Gary Payton too back, I think has just been so great. I mean, he's not the glove, but he's the mitten, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> and and he has been really good defensively, and he's a guy who can hit you a few shots from the outside. So I guess what went wrong with the Celtics is maybe that Jason Tatum, even though he had 28 in game number two, still hasn't had that breakout game because you could see what Golden State is trying to do. They are more than willing to let Horford and Smart and Derek White and everybody shoot threes from everywhere all over the court. They're going to try to stop Jason Tatum on those drives to the basket pretty much every single time. And in game one, they did get beat with the outside shooting. But I think Steve Kerr and company will take that risk. I think we also have to acknowledge Jason Tatum has been terrible in the first two games. Terrible. You know, people will point to the 13 assists in game one, the 28 points in game Mm -hmm. two. He was minus 36 in game there. That's the worst yeah. plus minus for anybody. He's in had, NBA he's had to game. really work hard because an, Golden State yes. is throwing two, three defenders every time he drives in the lane. You got Draymond surrounding him. You got mm-hmm. Looney surrounding him. You got one of the guards, whether it's Curry or Clay or whatever. They are making him work for that. So you got to think at one point, though, that Jason Tatum is going to have one of those Jason Tatum games that we've seen in the playoffs where he's got to make the shot. Takes 20 mm-hmm. shots and gets about 35 points, you know, and we've seen. Well, 
seen that a couple times. Here's the equalizer, I think, tonight. His name is Scott Foster. Jason Tatum's going to shoot 17 free throws tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's write down that number and see if I'm accurate. <laughs> 17, 16 and a half. 16 and a half is the line, throws. Kelly. Tatum, goes, Tatum will go 14 of 17 from the free throw line tonight. All right, Scott, same question to you. What, what, what has gone wrong for this Celtics team? Should this, should this look more like game two than game one? It's Tatum still not being efficient. Him going three of 19 from the field, mm-hmm. having a poor shooting night. It's not getting contributions from Marcus Smart or Al Horford like they didn't get in game two. And it's Jordan Poole hitting half-court shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what, what more could you say about Jordan? When Jordan Poole is hitting shots from the logo, it's like you're not going to be able to stop this Golden State Warriors team. So Steph is going to go off and get his, but I think you're okay with Steph getting his. I think if Tatum still struggles – they don't get contributions from Marcus Smart or Al Horford, and you have guys like Jordan Poole and even Klay Thompson, who has really looked bad in, mm-hmm. in, in these games. If he steps up and is the 32-point Klay Thompson that we saw against Dallas, then the Celtics are in a real No, trouble. that's a good point. We talked about that prop that I'm on earl- earlier tonight, points, rebounds, and assists under 25 and a half for Clay because I think Steve Kerr did try to get Clay going in that blowout in game two where you saw him get a lot of those garbage time mm-hmm. minutes that would have been reserved for like the 11th, 12th guy on the bench. So he wants to get him going, but it's going to get to a point where if Clay continues to shoot like he's shooting and defend like he's defending – where he's got to go with Gary Payton, too. He's yeah. got to go with these guys and, and you know, can't take the chance, can't have Clay playing 35 to 40 minutes in this game. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the Celtics as well. I guess my biggest concern here and the way that I would answer that would be that Clay Thompson finally shows up, right? Because mm-hmm. this has kind of been this has kind of been all Steph so far and really getting that second contribution from somebody, that would be where I would be like, okay, now we're gonna go, now sure. we're gonna go down here. I mean, Kelly, I know you're on the Celtics as well. You're on the Celltics tonight, you're on Celtics series price or something <laughs> like that. I mean, we're yeah. all we're I mean, we're all aligned here when it comes, it comes to all this. But I mean, you know, look, he we didn't get like again, we're 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 saying this. Tatum's not played very well. He got absolutely no help whatsoever from any of the other kind of bit players in game two and you find themselves you know losing the game by 20 points you didn't get a good game out of Clay Thompson and you still get the 20 point win I mean is, is that where you think maybe that could be the tipping yeah point? I think that if you see if you see Draymond lock up Jalen Brown like he did in the second half of that game the last game he only allowed two points uh, from Jalen Brown on that side and then yeah Golden State gets another offensive contributor that's how they get things done tonight I mean if you can slow down the role players and one of the stars on the Boston side yeah they're in trouble I just don't know that they're going to be able to do that I don't believe they're going to be able to do that but I do think that's the key if Golden State's going to pu- pu- uh, pull out a win here tonight and over the next two games. Scott, nobody's talked at all about the total for uh, any of these games. <laughs> Nobody, it's like it's like everyone's on a spread. Everyone's on a series. Probably no one's even talking about the total at all. It actually has ticked up uh, yeah, a half a moving. point. Yeah, yeah, since we've been since we've been here, it's two fourteen at most of the books now. Uh, any thoughts whatsoever? Do you feel like this is a low scoring game? Do you think this kind of just plays out where the total sitting? One ten ninety one final Celtics win. Uh, you looked at the game that went over in game number one. Al Horford made six three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Okay, when's Al Horford making six three-pointers mm-hmm. again? Okay, you take away half those three-pointers, we have an under. Yeah. So it, it's this game. This is an under series. The Warriors' defense is 
very underrated as well. Everyone talks about the Celtics being the number one net rating, net defense in these NBA playoffs, and really in the NBA since January, the Warriors are number two. Yeah, top two in efficiency going in. First time that happened since 96 in the finals. Bulls against Sonics, and I'm with Scott, too, as well on the total, I think, uh, and that's why I played the under in game number two. Keep in mind, what was it, 31 to 30 after the first quarter? And it still went yeah. under. So mm-hmm. just because you get a high-scoring quarter, don't panic. And always you can get in on in-game if you want. Yeah, I mean, you look at these total. I, I kind of feel like an under as well, strictly because you look. I mean, they're shooting 41% from three of these teams. And yeah. it's still not putting – you know, still right. not a ton of points getting put up on the board. And so. I love if we get a high-scoring first half, second half under. Mm-hmm. I love second half unders. We're an in-game betting show, so that's a good that's, that's, a, that's a good tip right there. You can catch make a note of it. <laughs> you can catch uh, Scott over on the Twitter machine at Scott's on air, and of course later tonight here on Veasan coming back. At Bet three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.